This is a Baby Brunch podcast. When should our nursery be ready? I mean, <laughs> with my with my second baby, I didn't have a nursery. She came early, and so it, you know she she stayed in my room. <laughs> but but Pinterest and Facebooks and Instagram yeah. makes us kind of feel yeah. like it has to be the best. <laughs> um, I think again back to basics. Like, what does a newborn baby need? need. <laughs> This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollients moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. Today we're talking about how to prepare for a baby. Now we have had so many questions. Everything from how to plan for a baby, what to do when you find out you're pregnant, taking baby home for the first time. And the program that I've been following online, the Flourish program, which is part of growgreat.co.za, is something that I've been watching closely and I kept thinking to myself, how do I get them in studio? So it is really wonderful to have you here. Uh, Dr. Idzani is joining us and she's answering all of our questions. Welcome to Baby Brunch. Thank you so much, Helena, for having us. We're happy to be here too. Planning for baby. Is there a right way? Is there a... This is the way to plan for baby. I mean, in some instances, I hear flammy planning and other instances, you know, we just stop contraception and try for a baby, you know. Is there is there a prescribed way to plan mm-hmm. for baby? That's a very tricky question. It's like almost asking is there the right way to be a mom? Um, and and there, there, there is no particular prescribed way, but there are known scientifically proven ways things that we need to do to actually prepare for having the baby and it really speaks to um, the fact that we're preparing a woman to be able to carry a child in a womb for nine months and and that that obviously means that the body has to be in the right state and actually in South Africa very few women have the opportunity to focus on preconception care which is preparing to have a baby. And that includes, right from the beginning, having access to contraceptives and different contraceptive forms. So that's probably the best place to start to say, okay, am I ready financially to have a baby? Am I ready emotionally to have a baby? And am I also ready physically, which is very important, to have a baby? And then once you sort of have an answer for those three, if you feel that you're ready financially, physically, and emotionally to have the baby, and do I have the right support structure to have this baby, then that's sort of how the planning should start. And in the meantime, while I'm waiting, you know, when will I have this baby? And then the timing, well, a month a month from now, I want to be pregnant. A year from now, I want to be pregnant. And if it's a year from now, um, then it's... It's after considering those things. I'm actually not physically ready, mentally ready, financially ready. I need to be on contraceptives. And there are many different forms of contraceptives. There's oral contraceptives that we all know, the hormonal contraceptives, um, the injectables. There's the also the intrauterine devices that we, 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 we know about, which are more reliable because they don't depend on our memories. As women, we tend to, mm-hmm. to forget a lot. And and such as the Mirena and 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 the Copa device, so those are like different options mm. that we have as moms to and and women to sort of give us control of when we want to have um, a child. And there is like of course condoms which um, have a dual pro- protective function, not only protecting you from pregnancy but also protecting you from um, you know many STIs and 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 the important one. Um, being HIV, and and that's what we must continue to use throughout um, our reproductive years as long as we're not sure of what our partner's status is. Mm. But really, to prepare for pregnancy, you need to be able to answer those questions. Am I physically ready, psychologically ready, um, financially ready, and do I have the right support system to, to be able to have this child? Because your body, the readiness of your body has obviously... Um, lifelong consequences for how your child turns out. Do you know that actually the baby's brain has developed 
all the cells, like the billion cells that are needed to for, for, for the brain have developed by, by the time a child is born. So the baby is born with all the cells. The connections are made after, but the baby is born with all the cells. And those are made from the mother's nutritional status. So we need folic acid. If you've not been preparing for pregnancy, like many of us, when we, I remember for myself when I was preparing, I was on pregnancy supplements. And for many women who've not prepared, believe it or not, in the States, it's like 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. Mm. And in South Africa, it's even worse than that. And can you imagine that, you know, you fall pregnant, drinking heavily, your body mm. smoking, um, your body not actually really ready to carry this young child. And that's why it's so important that the best way to plan is to be on contraceptives until, you know, that's really, really the best way to plan. Guilty as charged. I only started <laughs> exercising when I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> why do we do that? I mean, why can't we just walk 30 minutes a day? <laughs> it's, human, it's, it's human nature. And I think sometimes many of us are moved to action by realizing how big <laughs> this job that we have of mm. going to be parents is. And I think it's just, just with everything else. Um, Unless there's like a carrot, a big carrot, which we're not going to be inspired to just... But it, I think it's also changing mentality and saying, mm. the more we know, the more I know. I think sometimes it's like not knowing the consequences of of being not physically ready you know, for, for pregnancy. And that's why we don't take it seriously. But once we know that, oh my goodness, my body has has to have all the nutrients that this to build this baby. Mm. Because they're going to be born with their brain cells, like they're going to be born with everything formed by from what I have. And if I don't have enough, I've disadvantaged my life. We'll take it a little bit differently. We would, we yeah. would. How do we choose our hospital? I mean, I we had a, a podcast previously on mm-hmm. Baby Brunch where we talked to one of our favorite gynees. She's just amazing. <laughs> and we were talking about the fact that if you're not sure about your gynee, you can actually leave or change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but how, how, do you, how do you choose the right gynee or the right hospital? Yeah. I think it's 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 really according to we all have different preferences and I think speaking again in this context of South Africa for many mums who are in the public sector there is no choosing mm. where you find yourself pregnant and the healthcare facility which is the clinic that you're going to go and book that pregnancy and have your antenatal care will determine where your baby is going to be born so either the child is going to be born in a, if your pregnancy is well, is going well, there are no complications. In the public sector, you're most likely to give birth in the um, MOU facility, like the, the clinic in your area that has an MOU facility, um, depending on where you stay. And if you have complications, you will be then referred to whatever regional hosp- hospital um, or tertiary hospital, if you've got serious complications, that actually works within that area which is part of the drainage drainage area of where you stay and then when it comes to private um you know many of us who've got medical aid or the financial means are privileged because then we have the opportunity to shop around Mm. and i think it's 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 really understanding what kind of birth experience you want you know do you want a a very like fully natural birth experience Uh, and and you really like set on having a natural birth. Mm. And there there are many um, gynecologists and also um, many midwives who actually really specialize in natural births and ensuring that your your your, your birthing choice of, of a natural birth is respected as far as possible. And sometimes it's also about the closest hospital to where you are because you don't want to be driving an hour when you your water mm. is broken to get to the hospital. So I think mm. it's that should always be like something that you think about. How far is this hospital from where I'm where I stay? Should there be an emergency? And how quickly will I be able to get there? So that's like one big question that you would probably choose, like based on convenience. And sometimes it's really like word of mouth and finding out um, you know, who's the best guy in the area. And and some people are willing to drive many kilometers, which is understandable because this is obviously a precious moment. And I think the the best thing is also just to also look around on doctors um reviews, see what um what mm-hmm. other patients who've gone to the doctor are saying about them so that you know um 
that you're choosing probably the 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 the, the best guy in terms of how other mothers have experienced that gynecologist. Unfortunately, in South Africa, we don't have statistics which are put out there for you to know. You know, does this um, gynecologist have like a high mortality rate, or which sure. would be important? Mm. Which would be important? Um, um, statistics to have to inform your decision when you're saying, okay, I'm going to um, Dr. Edzani, you know that she's got, you know, like 99% success rate. She's actually a very good doctor because they are negligent doctors as as as, as much as they are um, good doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, we at the public don't generally have that info, have access, to access, to that, yeah. access to that information, which would be a good thing for us to help to make those kind of choices, especially mothers who go into into private healthcare. But I think it's generally reviews are a good thing to go by when you like, because it's not just choosing the doctor. It's like, if I'm choosing this doctor, which hospitals does he work in? And are there good reviews about that hospital? Because the most important thing to consider is, should something go wrong and my child needs to go to a neonatal ICU, how do people speak about the neonatal ICU? So I'd, I'd say the research you should make is really also about the neonatal ICU of that hospital um, because that's really like the most important part that will determine the success of what happens with a complication. And I think that's something that many moms don't know about and don't think about to actually, because you probably look out for the guy need the reviews, but also find out which hospital and go check there. What mm. are the moms saying about the neonatal ICU of that, of that um, particular hospital? And I think also um, consider midwives, especially for, for, for f- the, they come in much cheaper than um, obstetricians. And if a pregnancy is uncomplicated, they they are the best that you could mm. they're the best hand that you could be in because midwives specialize in normal vaginal deliveries that's what they they do and obstetricians in general are supposed to specialize in complicated deliveries mm. because that's you call, that's what you you call them in for when there's a complication but i suppose in south africa that is skewed because you either have a gynae that is in private and you go with them until the end. Um, but also there are midwives who are available. I myself had my children delivered by a midwife. Um, the first one was an obstetrician and the, first, the second two were by a midwife. And that was like a life-changing experience. Like, Beautiful. Um, Sister Koli is like the best. <laughs> the best. And, 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 and I think... It's really about what experience they want. Mm. That should it be super medicalized? And then you're also thinking around, okay, can will I be able to bring my doula in in this experience? Unfortunately, in some public hospitals, you can't, but I think things are changing now and they're making provisions for that. Would I be able to have my, my husband there, my children there? And in my experience in the hospital where I birthed, I could have my husband there, my children there. Um, it was a whole family affair. After the baby was born, we all slept in the same hospital yes. uh, with my children on the same bed, um, and it was it was really it was really special. So it's it's really finding the experience that you want mm. and choosing a hospital that's able to to support that. And 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 our needs and wants are are very different. Some want like very controlled environments with very you know which are medicalized mm. because of the complications of their pregnancy and and that then determines like you know do i need a do i need to say gynecologist and yes if you have a complicated pregnancy or you've had a complicated pregnancy before you'd want to do that because you don't Mm. want anything to go wrong you want it to be in a very controlled environment and sometimes also for like precious babies like it's your baby you've been on ivf you've been Mm. struggling to get this baby you don't want to take a risk with that kind of child you really want it to be in the most um secure environment as possible mm-hmm. which is which has got all the medical care and help that you will need for that and others choose to have their children at home um and there are midwives who are able to support you for that and that's also a special experience but that should only be done when there is no complications related to that pregnancy so there are a wide variety of choices it all depends on circumstances but all of them should always consider making sure that at the end there's a healthy baby and a healthy mom because that's all we're worried about and that's all we need as an outcome of pregnancy. I want to thank you for speaking openly because 
you know, a lot of us, when we were pregnant and had our babies, it felt like we didn't have options. You know, you either wanted only the doula or only the midwife. And now to learn that you can have every medical specialist and non-medical support possible it's so wonderful, and even out of COVID, you know, to to know that your partner can just be there with you. Mm. Where in a time where um, no one was allowed in the hospital, you kind of did it no. on your own. So, so really refreshing to hear. Um, when when should our nursery be ready? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> with my with my second baby, I didn't have a nursery. She came early, and so it, you know she. She stayed in my room. <laughs> but but Pinterest and Facebooks and Instagram yeah. makes us kind of yeah. feel like it has to be the best. <laughs> um, I think, again, back to basics, like what does a newborn baby need? need. <laughs> and really a newborn baby needs its mother. And, and, and that's what a, new baby, a newborn baby needs. A newborn baby can comfortably sleep on its mother's chest and that's like the actually that's the best place that a, a, a newborn baby can sleep because they're able to listen to their mother's heartbeat. Remember when a baby's born, they're coming from this protected environment, nice and dark and um, warm, and they come into this world, especially in hospitals, <laughs> in like bright lights, noise, <laughs> ding, ding, ding everywhere. And what they really need is like a calm environment, not too much light. Um, which is warm. So as long as you, as long as where this baby is going to go to, there is it's warm, it's calm, it's not too hyper stimulating, it's not noisy, it's the right place. And again, as long as the baby is going to be close to their mom, because remember they always listen to the heartbeat. The heartbeat is like the most familiar sound that the baby is used to, like from when they are in the womb. Of course, the is the best because you're able to look. That when the baby is crying, when they need to feed, you're able to respond quickly to them, to their needs. And, and, and I think that's why even in, in many African cultures, like the first three months or uh, the, the, the fourth trimester, or has really been treated as a fourth trimester. Mm. And the mom will be in like, you know, a protected environment. They say, no, the mom mustn't be going up and down. And it's really to protect that mom's mental health and to protect their time with the baby so that they're there together. So in that context, there's no need for... For a nursery, like the, where the mom is sleeping, as long as there's a safe space in that place for the baby to to lie down, it's it's really what's important. And if you want to go fancy, uh, at, as long as you have a bed in your in your in your in, in the in the nursery, as long as you have you know, because it's important for a baby to have stimulation when they look around. Um, any 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 really baby mobile whether you've made it yourself or you've bought it is is it's really good for the baby to look up and but the the mother's face is the the best thing that a baby could look at because they're learning right they're born re ready to learn how to be a human being and they watch their mother's face how they respond well how they smile the tickles what it, so when they're a little bit removed from the mom it's 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 not ideal so i'm like a big proponent of co-sleeping and 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 yeah when the baby is a little bit older like after six weeks yes the nursery so so if you're gonna put the baby in a nursery when they're born when you bring them home you need to be prepared like before 36 months i'll say when you're not gonna be needing to be feeling the need to be going up climbing things <laughs> what and, and 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 possibly tearing some ligament which you don't want so do it the earlier the better and 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 get your your basics like the bed. The the baby doesn't need any really bedding because that has um, a risk for for suffocation. So the bed doesn't need to have like fancy bedding or anything because when they sleep, it's just really for show. When they sleep, they just need a plain bed, um, properly wrapped up, which allows them to you know be tightly wrapped and still feel that in the tight mummy space, which 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 really helps and. I think the best place is when the baby is close to you because many of us, when we had small babies, we were worried, is the baby breathing? Mm -hmm. Is the what what? Because now you, you're going to get into the expense of getting all these breathing monitors, what what what, which, which, also, which adds more stress to you. And then a baby monitor. Do you have a camera if, in my house? Why do you know all these things? Because I went through them with my first baby. I had all these things. And I think realizing mm -hmm. that 
course, sleeping made a world of difference with my second and third baby. And, and I was like, why did I need all those things mm. when my baby could have just been close to me? The simpler, the better. And the mom needs their mother's skin, their mother's heart, their mother's warmth. And that's the best place where baby can can rest during the day. And at night, they're there by yourself. You're able to pick them up, give them breast, put them back. And 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 if you want to go fancy, yes, go for 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 the, for the nursery, like for the pictures, because ultimately you that baby will spend more time with you than in that in that nursery. We had a podcast recently on "Can I have my placenta, please?" That was the topic because we were talking about placenta encapsulation, about how moms can take their placenta home and you can encapsulate it. What's your opinion on it? I mean, do we do we ask for it? Do we let the hospital take it away and whisk it away in a bucket? Um, what do you say at your clinic and, and through your advice as a doctor? I'd say whatever is the right thing for you, um, the hospital should be able to accommodate that. So if you want to take your placenta with, the hospital should be able to accommodate that. If you want, if like myself, you didn't care less where the placenta has gone to, then yes, the hospital will take it and they will safely discard of it. So nothing is also to think about where is this placenta going, going. and for, for what reason am I taking it uh, away? But whatever is, maybe sometimes there are also cultural beliefs that that um, speak to that besides the health um, needs. So yes, do do what you've what what feels right. How do we get our baby home? So there's an interesting <laughs> story around this. So I remember, you know, the baby seat and we advocate for all babies to be safe. But not all of us can have a baby seat because some of us are traveling by taxi and public mm-hmm. transport. Mm-hmm. I know of a mom who took her baby and wanted to put her in the push cart and walk home because she lived across the hospital. The hospital refused. They said, you need to have a baby seat. And she said, well, I didn't come here by car, you know. I can just walk. So, I, Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting one. And I think, again, thinking about how um, different backgrounds we have in this country. Yes, in a, in a private hospital, that could be an expectation because they mm-hmm. expect that you'll be driving home. That's what that's best. Like a car seat is best when you're going to be driving your baby home in an Uber, whatever it is, um, or your own car. But practically, that's not possible for all moms. So the mm-hmm. best, I'd say, is to just make sure that the baby is nice, nicely and securely tied onto your chest um, and, and their head is supported. And, okay. and, 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 and the mom is able to, to do that. So there's like, I mean, all these wrap arounds mm. that, are, that are comfortable for when a baby is born. Because of course you cannot put a newborn baby on your back. Mm-hmm. Very important because their mm-hmm. neck needs to be supported. But for extra security for those who are using public transport, to just find those nice tight traps that keeps the baby against your chest, so that at least if there is like an accident, there's less risk of them of the baby flying out of your your hands. So I, I'd I'd say that's a good option because that's the best option in those kind of circumstances. Mm-hmm. The best is a cassette, but not everybody, like you said, has a car. Mm. Yeah. So nice and tightly wrapped against your yes, chest. Yeah. Yes. The, what, what should I know by the time I leave hospital? I mean, do, do, do I ask the nurses to assist me with some stuff like changing a nappy and, and how to breastfeed? Like mm-hmm. what, what knowledge should I leave with after I have had my baby and I'm leaving the hospital? Mm. That's a that's a very interesting to- topic, and it speaks really to what the work that Flourish does, because in the Flourish classes, there is like a whole dedicated session around that, like you know, preparing for birth, like what you need, um, just when you leave the when when you leave the hospital, because it's really those kind of things that we don't we really think about and mm. and prepare for, and and sometimes in especially in public hospitals, nobody has the time to be going with you. This is how you change the nippy. This is how you clean your mm. baby's um, umbilical cord. Um, and, and, and that is covered in the, the in, in Flourish classes. And you can people can find more about that on the Flourish website. And Just give it to us again. Class. Flourish.co.za? Um, www.flourish.co.za sure. where you can find out more information around the classes because they really cover what you're going to mm. need for that. And 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 basically, it's 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 what you've mentioned. You need to be able to know how to change a nappy. The importance of washing your hands all the time when you can I tell you 
you know, before COVID and all of this, because yeah. after your baby, you are tired mm. and uh, confused, mm. maybe. It's the one thing I remember I had to keep reminding myself of. Something yeah. as simple just to wash your hands. Yeah. You know, after a nappy change mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because you're dealing with your breasts where baby is going to yes. be feeding. And so I'm so glad you said that. I don't know why I'm so passionate about washing hands, but anyway, <laughs> it's, it thank is, you. <laughs> it, it is. The washing hands is the biggest, the most cheapest intervention to make mm. sure that babies grow and don't get diarrhea, which many children die from. And, and mm. for a young newborn baby, that's something that you don't need. So I think it's important, like just remembering that washing your baby, your hands, and if you don't have pump soaps and the, the things, yeah. pump soaps and so you just have that handy and use have it close by and and ensure that the umbilical cord is kept clean and most importantly by the time you leave the hospital make sure that somebody has helped you and you understand how to correctly latch the baby okay because that very becomes very important for how you can succeed in breastfeeding and 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 it doesn't need to be um painful or frustrated and many of us get that and if it's possible to get that support mm-hmm. but like the, like I said again in flourish classes there's mm-hmm. somebody who, who has who us. can help and also other mothers going through the same thing who can also help but it's important because many of us live and they're like how do they even say I must put the, mm. the baby and then and and, uh, and very important for moms who are using formula to make sure that everything is sterile and that they're using the correct measurements of the formula because every 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 um, milk formula whatever has the measurements, the, instructions, the yeah. instructions. Make sure that you use the right formula because if you don't, you dilute that milk and it has severe consequences for that child. Mm. Whereas, of course, breast milk comes ready. You don't need to sterilize. What mm. so breast is best, but for moms who, for whatever reason, need to use the formula, and sometimes because in the hospital it just comes made. You don't. Sometimes you don't and. You like hazy and not, didn't hear what they said. Read the instructions. If you don't understand them properly, ask somebody so that you do not dilute that formula because it's important. I had a I had a situation recently where a mom contacted me and she said, "Oh, she's getting mixed um, advice from people in her mm-hmm. community. Um, the baby's crying a lot, and this one's saying the baby's hungry. This one is saying the baby's mm-hmm. underweight. This one." I said to her, "Have you been to your clinic?" She says, "No." I said, how old is the baby? The baby at the time was already eight weeks. Mm. So how? explain to us after leaving hospital when the first clinic visit is and also what to do when you know that baby is not latching. Because, you know, again, mm. and I'm not making social media bad. I say social media is good when it's teaching us something mm. and when it's educating us. Mm. But the minute it makes us feel insecure and confused, mm-hmm. it can't be a good place. Mm-hmm. So just give us advice. You know, not all of us have got the means to go to a lactation specialist yeah. or that kind of, you know, give us advice and direction of where to go. I sent her to a clinic mm-hmm. and it worked because mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. she found a nurse. Mm-hmm. They measured the baby. There was nothing wrong with the kid. He was just a little bit hungry. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all this advice that she got from all the aunties, you know, <laughs> was they should all just keep quiet. Yes, no, definitely. And I think the be- the first place to go to if you don't sure about anything is the clinic, and 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 hopefully that you you get the help that you need. And once again, I cannot speak about programs like Flourish enough because you would have gotten that information mm. um, to prepare you for pregnancy and also to, after the pregnancy, how to latch correctly and there will be somebody to help you because the Flourish hosts have also been taught you know, how to help the mums latch properly and also understanding, so they go through concepts like understanding the size of the of the stomach of your baby, which is like an olive when oh, the baby is born. So, you, so the baby does not need a full bottle of milk. Or you or she or stressing that baby out and overfeeding the baby. The baby when the baby is born and they knew the stomach is very tiny and it grows. Shaman. So so in flourish classes they actually take mums because this is like information that many mums don't know. Like this is how the baby how how big the baby's stomach is at this age, at this weeks, at this weeks. So that you also have an idea mm. like, no, I fed the baby, is is calm and probably maybe the temperature. Like sometimes Babies just cry and they, all they need is just mm. that comfort. And the closer and tighter they are to their mommy's chest, most of the time that really resolves the problems. And sometimes it's also mental, a mom's mental stress. Mm. And the baby feels that and, 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 and they can become quite hysterical. So it's really making sure that the mom is supported. 
and mentally well and that the baby does not need a full bottle of milk. The baby's stomach is very small. So so sometimes like, oh, is this a drop? On the first day, it's probably be that drop mm. of, that is all that the baby needs because it's like the, the, the got the dose of like high fats and everything that the baby needs for that first day. Mm. So it's, 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 <laughs> it's really important. Like it, it's great. It gradually increases. Clinics are important. Moms go to your clinics. If you don't show, ask your pediatricians. If you don't show, your gynecologist, if you're not sure, and don't the advice s- from the aunties, and 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 <laughs> and only listen to only only go to social media or to um, aunties when you know that they have the right clinical knowledge. If they are not a doctor, a midwife, <laughs> um, yes, listen to their advice, and 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 always make sure that when you do get to go to the clinic, you 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 confirm verify it, yeah. this is the correct thing, and and. At seven days, you're supposed to go back for your baby to get a check to make sure that everything is well, their umbilical cord is dropped, and that the baby is gaining the right amount of weight because that's important. How do we know that there's postpartum blues? Yeah, no, it's a very important question. And, and I think it's sometimes many moms don't know that they're going through it. And and especially for us as working women who used to be in control. Mm. Uh, you know, you used to coming at work every morning preparing yourself, you in charge, things are going well, and you can control the environment. And there is a baby who's born who is crying uncontrollably and you feel like you're failing as a mom. Like and, and, and it really stems from this. Like you just start feeling like I'm not good enough. Other moms out there are probably better than me. My child is not happy or is crying too much because maybe there's something wrong with me. And, 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 and most of the time, it stems from that. And it's it's really just having those, when you start having lots of negative thoughts. I mean, yes, we all as new moms are never prepared. We prepared for the dream baby, mm. like the perfect baby who sleeps. The one on TV. The one on TV. And there is no <laughs> such a, there is no such a, there is no such a baby. And I think being in, in a community with other women who are going through the same thing, you quickly realize that, oh, okay, I'm not, mm. I'm not, the, I'm not. My situation is not abnormal. Actually, we're all sort of struggling in our first few days. And they always say that the six, first six weeks, like you must be mentally prepared for, mm-hmm. you know, sleepless nights. Because you, you're also now adjusting with the new baby to he, she's such, he or he is adjusting to the new environment. So it it, 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 it it is stressful on the mom. And when you don't have the right support, can become very bad. And sometimes with even all the support, you have all the money, you have the... You've bought everything, your nursery is prepared, but you're just like, I'm not feeling that love that everybody said, when I look at my baby, my life is going to change. And it happens to many moms. And, and it's important to, to, to acknowledge that it is a me- medical condition with treatment. Mm. Um, and we should treat it as such because I think we shun mental health because you feel alone and you feel like, why am I not loving this baby? Mm. Um and, and you, many moms keep it a secret because they feel like if I say this to my partner, then I'm going to be viewed as a as a bad mom. Like why am I not just inspired to breastfeed, to wake Who do up, we tell? to do? So the first person to to tell is, is 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 your partner, whoever is supporting you around. And I think very very important, go to a health facility because it is a mental condition mm-hmm. that can quickly escalate into um, something serious, like you know harming the baby or mm. actually it is a it's a it's a form of depression it's mm. postnatal depression i mean there's 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 the baby blues which we all feel where you just not which mm. is not yet in the level of of depression where you become dysfunctional so when mm. when you become dysfunctional when you're not able to feed your baby when they're crying you just look at them you're not responsive you 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 uninspired you feel mm. teary all the time this is the time to Get in the taxi, get in your car, make an appointment with your um, midwife, your obstetrician, your GP, um, your psychologist, and just make sure that you 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 in the right place for the right support that you need for your mental health. And when you're starting to just have baby blues, important to speak to other women who are going through the, the same, same thing. thing. Um, like, don't shut down mm. support. And I think the most important reassuring thing is 
many moms go through baby blues. We are not all excited like, oh my gosh, because everybody's like expecting you to be happy and looking at the baby. He's so beautiful. And you're also like, but why don't I feel like I'm not so excited? And and most of the time, um, luckily, it, 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 it goes away, it gets better. And breastfeeding actually really helps to 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 take, to take that away because mm-hmm. it brings builds the bond it releases oxytocin which is a happy feeling um hormone in the body in the body when you breastfeed the baby so that's why breastfeeding is like it's not just good for the baby it's also very good for the mom's mental health how long do we breastfeed for um well, forever. I'd, I'd say forever <laughs> But best to breastfeed in the first two years of your child's life. Beautiful. So that's that's the the, the mm-hmm. and if you can't take it that far, the longer you can breastfeed, the better. The better yeah. And 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 absolutely, absolutely, exclusively breastfeed. Breastfeeding only, not giving any water, anything else, any medicines except that they are prescribed by a doctor, the doctor in the first six months of your child's life. That makes a world of difference to that baby. It's like giving your your baby all the antibiotics that they'll ever need and that's why babies who are exclusively breastfed especially for mm-hmm. the first six months of their life hardly get um, any infections and, like sick in the first two years of their life because you you're really giving them your antibodies the that best, you yeah. that, that the best that they can have I all of a sudden you know I, I had to start working when my youngest was two months old mm-hmm. and um, I would come home and then feed her and the rest of the time she was on a bottle yeah and at the time, I had someone helping me with a baby because I was traveling away. We were living in Cape Town and I would have to go work in Joburg. And every time I would come home to feed my baby, as soon as she was on the boob, the the then nanny, who was more like an auntie in the community, mm. she would say, oh, no, it all come next day. There's nothing coming out of that boob, you know. Mm. And... I remember how ashamed I felt thinking, yeah. you know, I've just left my kid alone. And according to her, my milk is drying up, so it must be. Mm-hmm. You know? Eventually she left by herself. I never mm-hmm. asked her to go, you know. But I'm thinking of moms that are in the same situation. Yeah, yeah. There's so many opinions out there, you know. Mm. There's so many people that's trying to make it seem like we are not handling it. Yeah, no. Yes, they are. And also, it's also this, like I just said now, you must exclusively breastfeed for six months. And I didn't um, qualify that, you know, because the reality is for you to be able to exclusively breastfeed for six months, you need to be in a supportive environment. Mm. So first of all, work policies that allows for that. Um, so, and and I think we're slowly getting there, South Africa. We are. Um, really, many of many many mom. Yes, there is. You're supposed to have four months, um, maternity leave. But many of, um, employers don't pay for that maternity leave, and like I mean, honestly, if y- you you're not gonna get paid, you will go back to work sooner. And sometimes maybe that's the time that you're getting your your dream job, and then mm. you you go to work and 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 having policies that allows for moms maybe to also bring their babies to work or to take hours to take breaks to be able to express because um, yeah. that obviously keeps the the milk supply going and 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 also just that advice to say okay you no know, you know if you separate it from the from the baby keep expressing store the milk there's a like you know they also like all these cooler bags now that you can and put it in and yeah. fridge and freeze it and be able to then when you go back use it and i think it's 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 really important to say Mums, as long as you're trying and you continue mm. to try, and the, this thing of like the breasts are dry, the more a baby sucks, the because it's it's like mm. it's an on demand. <laughs> the, the the breast produce that milk on demand, and that's that's important to say. No, there isn't too little milk. You keep hydrating yourself, drinking as much as you can. Mm. There are many mixtures that you can try, but the most important is like keep well nourished, hydrated, and the baby sucking because that will obviously stimulate milk milk um, production but we need supportive work policies we need our government to come on board and and be able to support moms to be able to do that because yes we say it but um, if I need to if I don't have protected paid maternity leave I'm definitely going to go to work sooner than I need to and maybe I'm going to I'm a security guard and there's no place Mm. I'm going to be expressing milk so it's it's really important to to to, for, for us to advocate for protected maternity leave for mothers to be able to do that 
and in the meantime ensure that if the mums are using formula milk, they're using it correctly. So far we've prepared for baby. We've realized that it's cheaper than what it looks out there, you know. It doesn't have to be the bling pram or the Instagram room and you know, if we can get to a point where we can breastfeed, it can even be even cheaper than formula and our baby is protected and safe. Is there anything that we should, a diet we should follow while we are breastfeeding? This is a topic that we covered about four years ago Mm -hmm. on Parents and Baby Brunch, but it could be just wonderful to hear your opinion as well. What's the best food to have while I'm breastfeeding? So, Please say hamburgers. <laughs> hamburgers are not on the list, but they can be eaten on. So, and, and you can't continue to say you're having pregnancy cravings when the baby's born. So, no. <laughs> um, so, I think the most important, just as a, as, as a start, like to be well hydrated. Okay. So, water should be your go-to drink. And, 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 and remembering that, you know, we are made of water. Mm. <laughs> and, and milk is, 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 is made of water. So, so, making sure that we have eating our water and, again, high, highly nutritious foods. So foods which are rich in natural oils, um, you know, making sure that we're having milk because it's, it carries all the, the, the calcium. So like your dairy foods, milk, cheese, and, 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 and important to avoid the smelly cheeses. So, so no, no um, smelly fermented cheeses, just like your normal... Um, Cheddar cheese, you can you can you can have that because I think there's always like talks around, um, what 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 um, cheese I can eat, mm. and also the different types of, and also during pregnancy is also important to to avoid those um, okay. and 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 cooked fish, um, so stay away from the sushi. the sushi, mm. but <laughs> but I still have that salmon cooked because it's, it's very rich in omega three um, oils and 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 and. For those who can't afford um, salmon, tin fish, pilchards. Amazing. Still the very same amount mm. of omega-3s that you can get in in in, 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 in the in the in the salmon. So 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 your 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 fatty fishes are, are really good. Again, meat, protein, very important during this time. And if you can't afford meat, the cheaper uh, alternatives which also have which are highly packed in protein and, 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 and especially also um, fiber, your beans, like your, your sugar beans, those are very good also like during that time because they have a lot of, they obviously have a lot of um, the protein. Soya, you can also have that because it's got protein. If you can't, you know, afford meat products for the protein and, 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 and really important, your fruits and vegetables mm. because they have all the different minerals that the baby is going to need. So And also very helpful for you, especially because they have their high fiber. And we know that during the time, many of us struggle with constipation. So good for, for, for also the mom's digestive system. And make sure that you have probiotics to ensure that your gut is healthy and, and, and strong. And if you can't afford um, probiotics, again... Um, amasi, inkomasi, amasi. It's, it's rich in probiotics, so that's nice. that's what you can drink. That and 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 have that, which also helps you know to build your gut flora, which strengthens again the baby's um, immune system. So really, all the food groups, drinking lots of water, ensuring that you're having enough protein because that's what the baby's using to build the baby's bra- the, the the baby's brain. Ensuring that you don't stop your pregnancy supplements. Um, and 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 for those who can afford, because that's obviously a high demand time, and the body continue, the baby continues to take from the from the mom even when as you as you breastfeeding. So really important to continue having your pregnancy supplements for as long as you breastfeeding, and 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 if you can't, yes, there are other alternative foods that you can eat, and our, our bread and and our um, maize meal is fortified with folic acid, so you can nice. still you can still you can. St- Still get that you can still get that if you're not able to afford um, the the fancy supplements, but yeah. So it, just make sure that you eat highly nutritious food. Stay away from hamburgers and empty calories. I'm a guinea and because they're ma- I've seen a mom was like, no, I can only eat maguinha mm. when I, when when I'm. <laughs> 
so stay away from from the fried foods and because it's it's important the baby will probably get the best of your of the nutrients in your body but you will be left yeah, depleted and that's yeah. why it's important to have that two year gap between pregnancies because it allows your body to replenish all the nutrients especially for moms who we're not taking all this many supplements um to be ready for the next pregnancy what do you enjoy the most about being a mom i enjoy right now when i go drive home walking into the house and getting all those children running Aww. up to me mommy you're back <laughs> what did you bring me and i'm like i cannot bring something every day when i go to work i think my kids they, especially the small when we the, the the last two were like covid children so oh. i was working from home mm. and every time i'd go out I'd, i'd bring something for them now so now when i'm just to- going to work on a day to day basis they think i'm i'm going to and i'm like no, i don't bring anything i bring myself what did mm. you bring me but it's like really just that fulfilling purpose of realizing that i have this life in front of me mm. that's that i'm responsible for and who I can shape to change the world i think that really sure that you really yeah. that really um gives me so much joy and yeah. i think sometimes it's stressful cuz it's like oh my god like am i doing the right thing i remember when my babies were small i would be counting down the thousand days like yo <laughs> i must make sure that i do the most in this thousand days because <laughs> and i wish that every mom and she does that because just counting down and realizing that mm. while well, every day counts um but there there there's there's such fulfillment and joy that comes mm. from seeing them grow and become develop into like very unique individuals who I truly believe will make a difference in That's whatever awesome. place that they were meant to mm. make in this world and that is my responsibility it makes me feel so proud and like such a like wow you trusted me with this god like mm. yeah such a special 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 thing well you're doing a lot of special work and we really appreciate your time stay on on this podcast to hear more about grow great growgreat.co.za uh you'll also learn about the flourish program if you're a mom that is listening to this podcast and you need assistance in an anti antenatal program or you want to know more about flourish i've been following these social media online and i think they're really great in what they're doing uh and how they recommend classes and support and celebrate your a uh, journey and to empower you so follow them online it's growgreat.co.za you can also type in uh, flourish uh, flourish.co.za to find out more uh, also stay on to hear how dr edzani um empowers and helps so many people through this program uh, and you can listen to it right now Welcome to another Baby Brunch podcast. I'm very excited because we know that you are listening and watching from all over South Africa and a big shout out to all of our international guests as well. A uh, big shout out to the rest of Africa as well as to the United States and to the UK. My name is Ilana and I am very lucky to have Dr. Edzani in our studio. I've been watching how the flourish program develops online mm-hmm. and as someone that works in the parenting space and that advocates for people to have a space where they can explore and learn i'm extremely proud of the work that you do as the executive director of grow great tell me a little bit about the program that you run and also how you service other parents um thank you so much elena for having us we're very happy to be here um Grow Great is a national campaign that really focuses on ensuring that South Africa has a future where no child is stunted, where no child is denied the opportunity to reach their future potential because of of stunting. And stunting is a problem um, which occurs when a child doesn't get enough food and enough stimulation when they are very young, from the time when their mom is pregnant until the child is 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 is. is 2 years old in the first 1000 days of of life and this then has an impact on how their brain develops and also how they develop physically so a stunted child is a child who is shorter than what other children of their same age is and extremely short for their for their age not just short and the shortness is generally 
an indicator that their brain is also not growing well. Mm-hmm. So their brain is also um, poorly developed for a child of their age. And, and, and this puts them on a back foot for the rest of their life. Children who are stunted um, at the age of two years generally go on to not finish school, um, to not be able to get gainful employment and to have the risk of many um, chronic diseases, diabetes, hypertension, when compared to a child who was well-nourished in their first few years of their life. So that's really what our program focuses on. And, and, and we mobilize the whole of South Africa to ensure that no child is left behind, that every single child reaches their, their full potential. Every child's brain and body grows great. And, and that's really um, what our work is focused on. And, and we do this um, you know, through four main strategies, and one of them being a communication strategy, which focuses on um, changing public norms and behavior around growth and early childhood development. And also one of the arms of the program is advocacy, where we really advocate for government, business, civil society to invest in, in zero stunting strategies. And, 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 and the other one being empowering health practitioners to be champions for children through our Grow Great Champions program, which mainly focuses on community healthcare workers. And of course, the program that you follow closely, Flourish, which really focuses on ensuring that mothers are supported in the very during their pregnancy and in the early um, months of their child's life. And, 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 and really, I'll say that Flourish is my, my proudest pro- project because it's one thing that in society we don't focus on. You know, we train for everything else in life. I've trained to be a doctor. I've trained for many things. And, and when I had children, I realized that the most important job of my life, which is being a mother, was the one that I was poorly trained for. And Flourish really covers that gap for the most vulnerable women in our country um, to be able to also have that environment where they can get reliable, credible information and also a supportive structure of other women who are also pregnant, going through the same um, issues and, and, and sort of in the same circumstances and being able to really hold each other through that journey and support each other as we know that Mental health is most threatened for women when we are pregnant and when we have young children because that's the most vulnerable time of our lives, but yet the most important for the future of our children. Well, as you know, Baby Brunch supports uh, parents and it is so wonderful to have spoken to you. Growgreat.co.za to find out more about what Dr. and her entire team what they do for a living and how they're helping so many people, as well as to find out more about the Flourish program. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.